Good day to you ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Film Focus episode 55, The Incredibles 2 Review. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East and West, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I am your host, the High Persona 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And yes, I'm back. After, I think, about six to seven weeks away, I've finally returned to, you know, podcasting to go about and give you the good stuff. Now, I have to apologize for leaving the podcast for so long. I had um, a myriad of, like, problems to go about and take care of, you know, some personal issues, which I won't get into on the podcast, but let's just say life got a little on top of me. Um, Late side of May, work just got a little crazy. I had some personal issues that I had to iron out, so I just needed to take some time away just to reassess myself, you know, was it take some time off of like, you know, just doing anything, and you know, was it come back strong when I had the time, and with The Incredibles 2 on the horizon for us over here in the UK who've had to wait for ages, by the way, which is ridiculous, um, I thought what better time than now to go about and, you know, was it come back into the review scene and give you guys a review of one of my most anticipated films of the year. So yeah, like next time I'm disappearing, hopefully it will not be for as long of a time because I don't think I've had this long of a break on the podcast since maybe 2016 in the summer period where I took I think around six weeks off from that point. So yeah, apologies for disappearing and we should be pretty consistent from now until the end of the summer. And maybe for the rest of the year, there's a few things going on which I am not going to reveal right now, but there are some major changes going on for me and the podcast later on, which is going to be interesting, let's put it that way. Anyway, with all that out of the way, it's time to talk about The Incredibles 2. What a fabulous, wonderful experience I had watching that film today. Um, Yeah, at the time of this recording, The Incredibles has just come out in the UK, you know, number two. And, ah, I have waited for this film for the longest time. Now, I know it's been 14 years since the last Incredibles film, but the strange thing for me is that I never actually saw the film until I think maybe, uh, I want to say, either between 2006 or 2008. Um, I never saw it in the cinema, didn't own it on DVD. I had this pirated version of the DVD, which my mum gave me, but it only had like half of the film on there, so... It only went to the point where uh, Mr. Incredible had, like, you know, has it gone through the whole training montage and gotten back into shape and, you know, gone doing his whole superheroing thing behind Helen's back. And then the DVD cut off from there. So I think it was on TV one time, and that's what I finally saw. I was like, wow, this film is friggin' sweet, dude. So yeah, The Incredibles is one of my all time favorite films ever in the world of animation. And I think it is in my top 50 films of all time as well. In terms of Pixar films, I would say it's probably my second favorite film, just behind Toy Story 3, just because Toy Story 3 has that sort of emotional resonance for me. But yeah, I have loved that film for years. I've looked forward to a sequel for ages, and when they announced, I think, was it two years ago that Incredibles was officially going to be, like, you know, is it finally being made? 
I lost my mind. I was like, my god, they're finally doing it. They're making an Incredibles 2, the sequel to the Pixar film that everybody wanted. No cars, no monsters films, no finding Dories, no Toy Stories, even though the last two were, you know, you know what, yeah, yeah, let me just say this. Monster University was actually better than I expected. Same with Finding Dory, and obviously Toy Story 3 was just an uh, incredible anomaly. No one expected that film to be as great as it was. So I'm happy that those sequels ended up coming out because they defied my expectations, especially with, like, you know, uh, Finding Dory and uh, Toy Story 3. But, yeah, to think it's taken this long to get an incredible sequel is just, it's just baffling. But at the same time, you don't rush art you gotta get it right the first time so I was happy that Brad Bird the people at Pixar took their time to go back and create this and the trailers look pretty good I loved how it was just an enhanced looking version of what I remember from the original film and while I was initially gutted that the film was literally literally gonna take place straight after the events of the first film um, at the same time, I warmed to the idea just because it wasn't going to be that much of a massive leap in terms of like, you know, jump of time, maybe change of personalities and certain things that happen in the characters' lives. Everything was going to be consistent with the last film. So I was like, yep, this looks good. Trailers look good. And I just waited. And then the film came out in America. And then we found out over here in the UK, we'd have to wait like how many extra weeks for the film. I'm like, why? Why Disney Pixar? Why you want to make us suffer? I had to run all over the place on the internet, dodging bloody spoilers left, right, and center. as mental. But luckily, I stayed pretty clean about, like, you know, The Incredibles 2. So, anyway, that's a massive whole recap. How was the film? I think you heard me say it before, but it needs to be said again. I thought The Incredibles 2 was really good. Some really fun, wonderful stuff. I was smiling for the majority of the film. I had a good feeling in my soul. It looked, sounded, and felt right. It was some good stuff. And while I don't think I like it as much as the original, just because the original is still just this wonderful piece of work, which, you know, it's kind of hard to replicate that kind of thing a second time round, it was a good follow-up that felt consistent with the first film, enhanced a few things in different ways. You got to see more of certain characters you didn't get to see more of in the last film, and just a few new interesting scenarios that changed things up in some really wonderful ways. So yeah, as per usual with these reviews, I'm going to go about and talk about the story, the characters, the presentation, and then my conclusion in the end. But I will warn you, this review is going to be a little bit more scatbrained and ad-libbed than usual. I don't really have a script, I'm just going to go over what I remembered and just try to form it into some form of cohesive review, so um, excuse the unstructured nature of it. With all that being said, let's begin. So let's start with that plot. Basically, The Incredibles 2 takes place just after the last one, where the Underminer comes along and starts causing havoc in the city, so the Incredibles family come together to go about and take him out, however, it causes a big scene with a lot of destruction and chaos, and, you know, public perception of superheroes is painted in a negative light. However, there is a guy from a company who happened to be in the midst of all the chaos who sees them and thinks, hey, Let's go about and get Elastigirl, Mr. Incredible, and Frozone together. You know, these core superheroes from back in the day. I want to get them together so that we can talk about bringing the superheroes back into the public consciousness in a positive manner. And they decide to pick Elastigirl as the, you know, was it, center of attention to usher in this sort of new age of 
good times with superheroes basically. So Elastigirl accepts, she becomes this new superhero going off on all these adventures while Mr. Incredible is left at home to basically take care of the children. Sort of like a Mr. Mum situation, or should I say Mr. Mom because it sounds a lot better in an American accent, but yeah. Uh, basically, while Bob is taking care of the children at home, Elastigirl is doing all of her heroic things, but also has to deal with this new enemy known as the Screen Slaver, who is running around hypnotizing people and causing chaos, and she has to take care of that whole situation. And that is the general gist of The Incredibles without going into the area of spoilers. Overall, I really enjoyed the story of Incredibles 2. It feels consistent with the last film, and if you ended up watching the last film and then go into this one, it feels very consistent with what's come before. Uh, what I liked about the original Incredibles is the world that they established and the rules that they had for the superheroes and how they became outlawed. And then by the end of the last film, you know, you had this family dynamic of superheroes who are going to go about and operate even though you know superheroism is technically illegal and they bring that up in a really solid and interesting way and it's cool to see that the Incredibles household is you know still struggling with that whole kind of element of okay we're special we should be out there being heroic but at the same time the law is against us so having this uh company these you know these two new uh, characters come in saying we want to bring the superheroes back in a positive manner to open up the doors for more superheroism is you know really interesting and cool and seeing how that plays out throughout the film is you know really interesting and intriguing stuff but then for the par family as well seeing how the dynamic changes when Helen ends up being the main superhero and then having Bob having to stay at home and take care of the children it's an interesting role reversal which has a whole load of really fun interesting and thought-provoking elements that come with that and then you have the villain as well which I think was interesting at first however if you've seen certain types of films before you'll probably guess who it is and even that once you figure out why they're doing what they do if you've seen a lot of films especially in the action thriller genre then you would have like you know is it guessed it it's, it's a little predictable and that's the problem um, with the film in general. I think there's certain elements of the story that's a little predictable. If you've seen a certain amount of films over the course of your life, certain things you can you know just see coming a mile away. But what I think The Incredibles 2 does really well is that when it works, it works damn well. It's so much fun, I was laughing a lot, the humour is on point, it feels so nice to see these characters again and at the center of it there is the whole family theme the theme surrounding family and you know was it just wanted to do right by everybody being strong together those themes hit really hard and when the dramatic scenes kick in it has a whole load of really relatable stuff that really hits home and it's perfect it feels great just like the first film and there's just some really special and heartwarming moments as well i just like it it's just a lot of fun it's a really fun follow-up to the original film. Not quite as good, but still really solid stuff. Alright, and now it's time to talk about the characters, and I feel like they all were really good. Everybody brings their A-game and brings something wonderful to the film, and the voice acting is on point, with returning people feeling like they never left, and the new voice actors bringing something interesting to the table as well. So let's start with Elastigirl. It's interesting to see how she's adapted to being a mother who wants to, you know, basically take care of her family 
and still thinks that you know superheroism is wrong because it's technically illegal and she wants to abide by the rules but when she's given an opportunity to jump into the superhero role it's cool to see her take to it in such a positive manner and then see how she has to deal with situations in a way that's a little bit more refined and calculated than you know Mr. Incredible she's smart she knows what she's talking about and she's perceptive she's just a very very well-rounded superhero and it's just great to see her in the spotlight and Holly Hunter is really good with her voice work in this film and I loved how you know was it just seeing Elastigirl have to deal with all this stuff but then also have to check back in on like you know is it Bob and see how he's doing with the kids that was some really good stuff and speaking of Bob I also really liked Mr. Incredible in this film as well. Creighton Nelson did a fab job with some of his, you know, was it more dramatic scenes as well. He had some really solid, wonderful moments in the last film. And he has some really great moments in this film as well. There's one scene where Mr. Incredible is having, you know, was it a moment with um, his children and another moment with Violet. And it's just some really beautiful powerful stuff I'm not going to say what it is but it's interesting to see him in a comedic stressed out and you know was it emotional state because he has to be the stay at home mother so again like I mentioned earlier on this is like that Mr. Mom film from the 80s with Michael Keaton where he has to deal with you know the troubles of you know being a stay at home parent who's never been in that sort of situation and I have to adjust to that while his wife is running around doing the one thing that he wants to do above anything else Mr. Nelson handled his voice work really well and I really enjoyed seeing like you know how Bob adapted to that situation. Violet and Dash, uh, they're great. They both have their uh, moments to shine in the film. So let's talk about Dash for a second. He is one of my favorite characters along with Edna Mode and Frozone from the last film and he has some great moments in here. He's so energetic, chaotic, doesn't listen to authority and he is just all sorts of rash chaotic and just fun he is the delightful guy he has some really great moments in this film with like some really great dialogue and seeing him and like uh, his sister bounce off each other in these sort of you know fun yet chaotic situations was really good and speaking of Violet, she has a lot going on in this film. I don't want to say what it is specifically because that's going into the story details, but to see how her character grows in this film and has to deal with some of the stuff going on in her personal life, it was some good stuff. And she has some really great moments with her powers as well, which is just really cool. And yeah, Jack-Jack, I need to talk about him for a second. I'm not really going to talk about his voice actor, but Jack-Jack was delightful. He's just this little bundle of energy that... I thought was okay in the first film he was way more interesting in that special that he was in with the babysitter and then seeing him you know take center stage in this film allowed for some of the most fun creative and what the hell situations you could put in an animated film because of the you know varied nature of Jack Jack's abilities it allows him to get into so many funny crazy and you know inventive hijinks that I was just like how did these guys think of all this stuff and commit it to screen but he you know he allows for some really great moments with uh, you know interaction with not only the family but also especially with like you know his dad bob <laughs> just witnessing all this chaos firsthand and also it leads to some great moments also with Edna Mode voiced again by Brad Bird who is just wonderful he hasn't lost a step in 14 years Edna is still the most delightful 
stern, strange, yet engaging character in all of this world. I love her to pieces. Frozone is still the coolest mofo ever. Sam Jackson also has a lot of step as this character. We get to see a lot more of him in this film as opposed to the previous one. And seeing how he is integrated into the story with this whole, like, um, wanting to make superheroes great again and helping out the Incredibles family when, you know, it was it. Uh, crap it's the fan is really good uh, it was just great to see more frozone i love that guy he's so cool so cool um also the two new characters um you have evelyn and winston devore devore devoe i honestly don't know how to say their last names even though i saw the film a few hours ago but yeah they're the two siblings that are behind this company that want to basically bring superheroes into a positive light again and it's great they're two basically two halves of the same coin with Winston being the PR guy, he wants to go about and, you know, bring the superheroes back into a positive light. He's the charisma who goes about running around trying to, like, you know, is it engage in the public and basically, you know, is it make them, you know, interested in what's going on with their technology and the company. And it's the cyst that goes around basically creating the technology that helps, you know, was it make everything happen. So they are two very interesting and fun kind of characters i enjoyed their voice work and it took me ages to figure out who evelyn was because i was just like that sounds like someone i know that sounds like someone i know and it's kathleen keener who i've seen in a number of films over the last like year or so and it really bothers me that i haven't been able to clock her in films but she was really really good and Bob Odenkirk as her brother Winston was really good. He has a very recognizable voice for me. So when I heard him, I was like, yep, it's my boy from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He's solid, good stuff. And there is a number of other characters in this film who are also really good. And it was just like some really good voice work from people like uh, Phil Lamar, Sophia Bush. And um, who's that other person? I, that was one of the person I'm forgetting right now. I can't remember. But yeah, the voice work is solid. The characters are good. There's really good stuff. I was pleased. Now it's time to talk about what I think might be the best element of the film, the presentation. Oh! <laughs> Sorry, but my goodness, the visual presentation of this film is bloody incredible. Pun intended. Screw it, yeah. Pun bloody intended. The Incredibles, you know, the first one back in 2004 was one of my favorite films because it was so wonderful in its execution of its action sequences it's done in such a cinematic manner with such crazy chaotic camera angles with such attention to detail when it came to the action sequences the choreography of you know is it the fights the use of the powers and abilities and that's just elevated to like 10,000 in this film what I loved about this film is that it looked just like the original, but if they enhanced it by like, I don't know, if the original film was like standard definition, this feels like Ultra HD or something because the detail in the clothing, the suits, the hair, the detail when like everything's moving and even in stack shots, everything looks so clean and it has that Pixar sheen that I really started to notice once I watched films like Wall-E and then more importantly Toy Story 3 where the texture work was just insane. This film looks so good, and the action is amazing, just wonderful. The stuff that they were able to do with Elastigirl especially was freaking amazing, and it shows once again that stretchy powers, when done correctly, can be amazing. I mean, she was really good in the first film, but this film, the amount of crazy stuff she's able to do with her, like, you know, is it stretchy limbs, whether you're talking about parachutes and the stuff she's able to do with that new motorcycle of hers, 
amazing so good the uh, attention to detail again is just so solid and the amount of tracking shots that they're able to pull off in this film from various different angles and the color palette as well from you know scenes in the daytime to scenes in sunset and um, there is one scene that's in a room that has sort of like I guess sort of strobish kind of lighting again looks so good um, and the way in which they're able to utilize some of the other characters abilities from Jack Jack's constantly changing abilities to what they're able to do with Violet and Dash's like speed based stuff to all these other sort of uh, some other superheroes that you basically see in the, over the course of the film really good stuff really creative unique and just is some of the best stuff I've seen all year uh, it's just the kind of stuff that superhero films aspire to do visually the film's great <laughs> Uh, yeah, I need to stop gushing. Another thing that's really good, though, is the film score. My man, my Don, Michael Giacchino is back again, busting out those sweet tunes, and whoo, damn good. Michael Giacchino is just this godly man to me. His music is wonderful, and the stuff that he was able to create with the original Incredibles is definitely some of my favorite music in film. And he comes back and busts out that music again in the, you know, the similar style of music that has that sort of old-school, jazzy, spy-ish kind of sound that's bombastic, over-the-top, over in-your-face, charismatic, fun, intense, but... Sometimes, you know, somber, melancholy, emotional, and it, it again covers all emotional bases just like a good Giacchino score does. It feels consistent with what's come before, he has a whole load of new elements, but adds some of the, you know, returning themes from the first film, and it's done to great effect. I was all over this film when the music was going down, I was having the best time ever, especially during these crazy action sequences, during like I think was it I guess the earlier portions and the last portion of the film. The end credits music is fabulous and if you can stay through the credits, even though there's not like a post credit scene, there's none of that sort of Marvel stuff going on in there, but if you can stay through the credits theme, stick around until like you know I guess the uh, third quarter of the credits as there's some nice vocal themes that are done for Elastigirl, Mr. Incredible, and Frozone, and they are done in a really wonderful manner. They have such a, uh, they are all varied and have a different kind of sound, and they're just really good stuff, so if you are, you know, sitting through the credits, stick around for those, you know, end credits themes songs. They are really good. Some good stuff. So, now it's time for the conclusion. What did I think of Incredibles 2? I thought it was bloody awesome. It's definitely one of my favorite films of the year easily and I will be going back to see it very soon. Like I said before, I feel like there are certain elements of the film that are just not as strong as the original. I think mainly just because the original is just this wonderful, amazing piece of work that, you know, just trying to replicate that a second time is just, you know, very, very difficult. Like I said before, some of the plot is predictable, especially when it comes to the villain and, you know, the trajectory of some of the story elements, but that being said, the film feels like the proper incredible sequel that I think a lot of people wanted. It takes place right from the original, feels consistent, it has the right amount of humor and you know seriousness, it's so much fun, everybody that you love gets the screen time that they deserve, it's just, it's fun and that's all you ever need from a Pixar film. It's fun and it has depth and yeah. If, if you like the first one, you'll like this one. It's some good stuff.
So yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so yeah, Incredibles 2. If you've seen it, let me know what you think of it in the comment section below. Holler at me. Did you think it was as good as the first film? Did you think it was better than the first film? Did you think it was worse than the first film? Whatever your thoughts are, just holler at me in the comment section below or hit me up at Twitter where I am at, hypersonic 55 or filmfocus55 or holler at me via email where I am at thehypersonic55 at gmail.com. I'm very interested to know what your thoughts are on the Incredibles sequel. And yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you if you're like a, you know, a follower of this podcast and you've been waiting for my return. Thank you for your patience. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing more of these videos. I have uh, many, many things in the pipeline. Um, and there's still a whole lot of summer films that still need to be reviewed. So yeah, just look out for those when they come. So until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace! Thank you.